Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We're going to talk to Tom Hackett coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. A bowler is going to jump on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And, of course, we've got the Not Sports Report at 4.50. Coming up here momentarily, we're going to talk to Peter Brownstein. He's uh, the local representative for RVs for MDs, and we'll talk to him ex- uh, about exactly what they're doing, trying to uh, help out and do some good. And, of course, uh, Gordon, uh, the Not Sports Sports always a curveball. You have a, a tease for us? Anything in mind? Stay tuned. I mean, I'm going to try not to bring anybody down. I want to lift people up, but I can't guarantee it. Okay. All right. Well, what do you mean you can't guarantee it? You can't. You so you something. never know how these things are going to be taken, especially these weird things. And this is weird. I oh, it is okay. All right, oh, fair enough. Now I'm going to definitely stay tuned for the Not Sports Port coming up at four. Well, you would anyway because it's your favorite part of the show. I know, but you know, Gordon, I, I discover with you not uh, sitting across from me, it, it sometimes it, it's easy to go in and out. So I'll, I'll make sure to be in on, <laughs> on today's Not Sports Report. Austin feels similarly. Indeed. All right, let's uh, let's jump out to the Sprint special guest line. Uh, lease any phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He's from RVs for MDs. We welcome Peter Brownstein to the big show. Peter, first and foremost, thanks for joining us. And how are you? Pretty good, and thanks for having me on here. Well, let's talk about overall what you're trying to get accomplished with RVs for MD uh, RVs for MDs. Yep, um, basically trying. It started as a very casual group with some folks down in Texas, uh, all volunteer group uh, that started assisting medical professionals and owners of RVs during time of a national crisis to basically provide folks with opportunities to isolate from their families in situations where um, they're getting exposed. And I'd also like to add, in addition to it, having started with MDs, it really addresses all sorts of um, EMTs, medics, firefighters, respiratory therapists, ICU techs, all the folks who are putting uh, their lives and their families' health on the line uh, at this time. So if I understand this properly, uh, those campers that are donated for use are then, what, parked in the driveway so that a family member can be nearby the family house and uh, still stay separate? That is generally what is happening, Um, sometimes parking in driveways, sometimes in streets, sometimes nearby. But it's basically provide minimal emotional disruption, uh, but enough physical distancing to keep everyone safe. Peter, with the, the medical professionals that uh, you you all have interacted with, I, I imagine that this is a concern, right? I mean, you're working on the front lines, working with folks that are, are suffering from COVID-19 and, uh, and worried about endangering their own families. I'd imagine this is a pretty big concern. It is a concern, and in order for these folks to be able to do their job well, they need to feel comfortable knowing that their families are safe. 
when, when you start hearing about cancer survivors or parents of young children with cancer, autoimmune diseases, so many different situations where they're sort of medically fragile and um, folks, folks are concerned and these are the folks that we need to have out there taking care of us so they need to feel that their families are safe. So just to review, people can people get involved in this and, and offer up their campers that are not being used right now for the good of the cause? Yeah, yes, please. That is what we are looking for. Right now, with so many camping locations shut down, um, a lot of people have their motorhomes, trailers, campers parked on storage lots, and they're not being used for anything right now other than dust collecting. And anything we can do to get more into the pipeline, uh, the better. He is Peter Brownstein of RVs for MDs uh, with us here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. How can uh, our listeners uh, get the ball rolling on this if this is something that they can do? Thank you for asking that question. And the answer is there is a Facebook group out there called RVs for MDs. From there, there is an intake form that is talking about either what Uh, recreational vehicles you have available or what your needs are. And it's starting with both a uh, really generic process. Some people are making connections themselves over the site, and then we're getting that information piped to us in Utah, and we're manual making matches um, in the event they don't happen automatically. I uh, Um, I can't. Go ahead. Right now, we are really doing pretty well with being able to meet the demand, but I think that knowing that the disease will probably peak here in some number of weeks or months, we're really trying to sort of get that pipeline ready and um, have folks in reserve. If there are folks out there who do have an RV that they are are not using and, and, and feel like they would want to contribute to this, uh, do, are there any concerns that people have about, well, what if, what if there are germs left behind in my camper? What, what, uh, obviously, there are things that you can do to uh, once the, the medical professional is done using the, uh, the camper that uh, you can do to make them completely safe, right? These are all very real concerns. I I don't think that there are any absolute answers to anything. There's not enough known on the disease. Um, As I will be loaning mine out, my plan will probably be just to give it a good, solid cleaning and find out, you know, are there aerosol disinfectants and then park it out in the West Desert for a few days in the heat of the sun. But we are not giving advice on how to do that because uh, it's purely a group of volunteers um, but th- these concerns are there and no one knows the answers for sure but it what's been phenomenal is how many people are just stepping up taking those risks and helping out others 
All right, this is a real way that you can help folks on the front lines battling this thing. It's RVs for MDs, but it's not just for doctors. It's for healthcare workers. There's a Facebook group out there, RVs for MDs. Find out a way how you can help if you've got an RV out there and want to directly help somebody who's helping out society. And Peter, we uh, we thank you for the work that you're doing. Thanks for coming on the air with us. We really appreciate it. Terrific idea. Thank Peter. you. And, and just to remind also the healthcare workers, the first responders, if you guys need this, you should be getting on there too. And please stay at home, flatten the curve. These sacrifices are helping tremendously. Peter, thank you very much. That's Peter Brownstein. Again, uh, it's just kind of a Facebook group, volunteer, uh, val- volunteers, people just helping. You know, a lot of first, as he said, first responders, medical workers, doctors, nurses, uh, you know, PAs out there who are, are worried about, uh, you know, their families and taking this home to their families. RVs for MDs is the Facebook group out there. RVs for MDs. And I'm with you, Gordon. That's, it, it's a really great idea and a grassroots effort. Man, I tell you, I got so much respect for these people who do these, uh, who really, you talk, sometimes when I hear the word serve, I'm not sure uh, about the usage. In, in this particular case, it is absolutely appropriate, completely. What these people are doing now, out there helping people who are in need, coming to uh, to, to aid in any which way they can, being true professionals to their some people in the medical industry really are they're they're it's it's a it's it goes beyond a job doesn't it yeah. i mean isn't isn't that part of the oath they take uh, some of the doctors you know to help those in need it's it's really remarkable so we know we have a lot of uh, uh, people who love outdoor recreation out there. Uh, Gordon, you and I actually are at the RV show pretty much every year. We know uh, mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners uh, do that. And if you want to help, it's obviously greatly appreciated. RVs for MDs. And also, as Peter mentioned, if you are a first responder or a medical worker or a doctor or a PA or somebody out there who, who feels like this could benefit them, also get on to RVs. Uh, for MDs on Facebook. Now we talked about uh, people that. Jake, uh, do you have a t- do you have a tent? Do I have a tent like a camping yeah. tent? I do. Yeah. Yes. Do you? Because uh, I'd be shocked. If I don't know if anybody. I got a tent somewhere. I told you that story. We used it once. <laughs> oh man. Used it once. Used it, used once. it once. Yeah. <laughs> on a boat, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> we. <laughs> When I moved to Utah, I decided, okay, I'm in Utah now. I got to buy a tent. So I went down to the store, bought this big old tent, you know, bought all the stuff that goes with it because we are in Utah now. We are going to be in the great outdoors. So I buy all this stuff. We, We go on this trip. Uh, and uh, the campground, you had to get there by boat. So we took our boat, loaded everything into the boat, went out there. My wife hurt her back on that trip, so she couldn't she couldn't really do anything. And uh, I had to haul all this stuff out of the boat up to the campsite. And, and I had a bunch of little kids at the time. And, it, and then a couple of my daughters got sick on the trip. And uh, then started raining. <laughs> That's the only time that tent has ever been used. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and you, by that. the way, you make it sound like it's some 
World War One tent or something like that. Like, how heavy could it have been? Your daughters it, aren't it, that it old. Was, it, back then, it was, you know... Back then? <laughs> aren't your daughters was, in their 20s for the most part? What do you mean back then? Those graphite well, aluminum poles, Jake, were no, all this like was, lead. This was, this was like, uh, I want to say... 26 years ago, something like that. It was hardly a diamond banquet hall tent. Yeah, I don't know. 20, yeah 26 years ago was not 1925. You know, Wait, like, look, you weren't were P.T. Barnum well, well, out there driving oh, nails oh, into the I remember on, tent technology here. back then, and it wasn't bad. I was just, I was a Boy Scout. Didn't they have some kind of like tea, tea bar thing that went on? Anyway, I bought this thing. I loaded it into the, I had to load everything into the boat. And then we went to, it was up there in uh, Flaming Gorge. So then we launched the boat. I drive the boat to the camp, the, way out in the middle of somewhere, the only way you could get there via boat. And then I had to haul all the stuff up by myself up to the top of this campground that was way up. And no one, you know, my daughters were young. And so there, there was, they couldn't help. So I was on my own. With, uh, Heavy tent? Yes. And with all the gear that goes with it. How heavy could it have been? That's what we're saying. It was it was pretty substantial. It was a family-sized tent. It wasn't one of those deals that you push a button and the thing goes poof, and it's popped up and ready to go. Yeah, but we're still talking about the mid-90s when when tent technology was was not bad. Again, I was a Boy Scout. I, I carried a lot of tents. I covered a lot of ground. With a lot of tents on the old backpack, and uh, it it was far from that bad. Well, I I'll just say it this way: in that moment, I thought, you know, a camper doesn't sound too bad, anyway. or or how about an RV? Way to bring or, it back to the point, Gordon. Well done. Well, I just <laughs> RVs for MDS, and actually, Austin had a moment to uh, to check in with a, a family. That is benefiting from the this thing, and uh, in fact, Austin, why don't you go ahead and introduce the the conversation? Yeah, here. Mark Taylor is a local resident surgeon. He works at four or five different hospitals here in the valley. His wife and, and him, Emily, they welcomed a newborn uh, boy, Mark Junior, about eight months ago, and they're worried uh, as that we're about to peak with this COVID. They're worried that Mark will not be able to come home and be with them. If they were to get a donation of an RV through RVs for MDs, that would provide them with somewhere close by to stay while keeping them unaffected by COVID. And here's my conversation with them. So here at the Taylors, Mark uh, and Emily. Mark, you're a resident, uh, a surgeon resident. At which hospital are you at now? Um, the University of Utah um, surgery residents cover um, four of the hospitals in the city, including the University of Utah, um, including Mount Huntsman. Primary Children's Hospital, the VA Hospital, and Intermountain <laughs> Hospital. And we, we hear uh, the, the newest addition to the Taylor family there, an eight-month-old newborn. You guys, you, you picked a good time to have a newborn, didn't you? Jeez. Yeah, we did. He's... Um... <laughs> Luckily, he won't remember any of this. <laughs> right, right. I've got a, I've got a twenty-month-old at home myself, and I'm just looking at her every day, going, "Man, you just, you have no idea what's going on, and you're just happy, and you're just a baby, and you'll never know. We'll have to tell them for the rest of their lives about this time, won't we?" Exactly. Luckily, they um, bring some lightheartedness to everything, right? They <laughs> That's right. Smile and have no idea what's going on, but it makes you smile too. It makes it a little better. So, so Mark and Emily, you guys, Mark, you're working. I, I can't imagine crazy hours. I'm sure uh, at this time, and even though you're you're in, uh, in surgery, I'm sure they've got all hands on deck situation. Is that the truth? 
Yeah, we you know, the surgery residents work quite a bit, as do all all the other residents. Um, and luckily, we haven't reached our or or unluckily, we haven't reached our surge yet. But um, the University of Utah is doing a good job of preparing um, and getting people on board to kind of be back up. And once we reach our surge, it'll definitely be all hands on deck, um, including the surgery residents will be um, helping with surgeries as well as. You know, helping in the ICUs and taking care of patients, helping staff the emergency department to take care of surgical issues, um, and so on and so forth. How are the the the, uh, the populations at the hospitals right now, Mark? Is it as uh, full and as crazy as we see on the news, and uh, are things as wild? What's the truth there? Um, it's not like New York. It's not like what we see on the news right now. But you know, we're anticipating it's going to get to that point at some at some point. The fortunate part is. We have seen a flattening of our curve and our projections. Um, we, um, however, even then, um, at our peak at this point, we're projected to be at double the capacity of our hospital. So, um, you know, I think we are getting to that point, but I've, fortunately, people staying at home is flattening the curve. Emily, from a, a spouse's uh, viewpoint, do you have to uh, really hold yourself back to reintroduce yourself to Mark every time he finally comes home, but then also remember, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, you've been at the hospital? Yeah, it's an interesting kind of way to accept back into the house your your family member, because especially when you have someone who, you know, like our son is in a vulnerable population for getting this. And so every time Mark comes home, you know, we have to make sure that we take precautions, not only for big Mark um, and me, but also for our son, Mark, um, and make sure that, you know, we do all of the, you know, we have him undressed before he comes in the house. We throw his clothes into the washing machine immediately. We disinfect all of his belongings, his phone, his badge, his shoes stay outside, you know, like mm -hmm. all of those different things are at the top of our mind every time he comes home, just to make sure that, you know, we don't bring in anything that we could have prevented bringing in and put our son in, you know, danger in that way. I'm, I'm feeling like a surgeon suddenly because I do all those same things when I get home and I'm just working at a radio station every day. Totally. I don't have the student yeah. debt or anything like I'm sure you guys are dealing with, but <laughs> I, I do the same thing. I th I'm sure a lot of our listeners do that strip down in the garage dance and uh, make sure we, um, I had a friend uh, the other day say, we all ought to, we ought all, all ought to install those Gattaca type showers in the movie Gattaca. I don't know if you've ever seen right. that movie <laughs> where we just burn yeah, our DNA absolutely. off of us. But Mark, yeah, when you, you gotta, is, how much is on your mind, Mark, when you when you're there on the front line, so to speak, all day, however many hours you're working, and then you get to come home, and most people get to come home and escape work, uh, lose themselves in their family time with their brand new son, their their beautiful wife. Well, how much does it weigh on your mind, Mark, when you get home that you, you don't want to bring this stuff to them? Yeah, you know, it weighs quite a bit. Um, not only by the fact that it's on all the news stations and every every piece of media that you um, take in, but are, you know, even in the hospital, we're getting emails, multiple emails every day about it, which are, are necessary and keeping us updated and keeping us um, up to date on, on the contingencies that they're planning on. Um, but it definitely weighs on you. And the other thing is that while the statistics show that people like my wife and I and my son are all in a low risk category. You hear all these stories of people in our, even in our categories, um, young, healthy individuals that are 
getting sick and even dying from this. So uh, it definitely does weigh on, on my mind quite a bit. And, um, you know, quite frankly, I'm pretty scared about it. Yeah, I, I, I don't blame you at all, especially though you said your son's at a low risk, but he's a newborn. And, and newborns are, you always want to keep them protected and away from from uh, illness, especially this monster of a disease, disease we're dealing with. What kind of hours are you and your colleagues putting in these days, Mark? Um, you know, I, I think on average, right now we're we're probably about where we're about where we're at normally which is typically around 60 to 80 hours a week um like which is that is normal pretty normal baseline um but i think we're we're all kind of getting prepared so right now we're trying to minimize the people in the hospital while we can to help keep people healthy and safe for when the surge does come but when the surge does come like like you mentioned it's going to be all hands on deck and um uh, hours will definitely increase. Which just means the number of patients that you see infected or otherwise will increase, obviously, as that surge comes. And Emily, uh, you guys, I, I'm not sure of your exact living situation, but this RVs for MDs cause, I want to hear from Emily first. How did you guys hear about this? And uh, what kind of a situation are we looking for that we can help you guys get to a situation where Mark can still be with you while keeping everyone safe as possible? Yeah, I actually stumbled upon it, you know, um, the spouses or partners of any type of doctor um, really like to stick together. So I actually was introduced to the Facebook group um, in particular through a friend of mine who uh, her husband is a surgery resident as well. And um, she is in a position where uh, her her young child has asthma and she um, has kidney disease. And so this was at the front of her mind as well. Um, and so she was, you know, sending it to me as like, hey, I'm, I'm going to look into this. This would be great um, to keep everybody safe. You know, you should look into it, too. So I did some more exploring and it looked like it was in its early stages in Utah. Um, but yeah, but we figured that um, what we would like to have happen is to have an RV, you know, parked in the front of our house so that. Um, if and when the time comes that my husband is put in a position where he's been for sure exposed to a patient or he becomes symptomatic, which is the time where um, me and the baby are the most at risk, um, we have a place that um, is safe for him but still close enough that, you know, we can see each other in the front yard, you know, instead of having him go to a hotel or something that would cost us a lot of money. So that's really why we've tried to do some digging and exploring um, with this program. It would just offer us, I think, a lot of peace of mind and not to mention it would help my husband because it's hard to be away from your family and it's even harder to be away from your family when you don't feel good um, or you're anticipating becoming ill. So we feel like this option would offer us um, a, a way of keeping ourselves healthy but also keeping us sane and connected as much as possible. Uh, it's such a, such a great cause and such a great idea. And Mark, from a, a medical standpoint, what kind of a, what kind of a uh, self or uh, an isolated situation is best? How would having an RV keep you guys safe while still keeping you near each other? You know, it's kind of hard. We've, we've prior to hearing about this, we've tossed around the idea of, you know, if I were to get exposed, um, would we try to isolate me in a bedroom? Um, but you know, even then, 
if we're in the same house, undoubtedly my wife and child are going to be exposed um, through just virus particles in the air or um, if we act, you know, accidentally use the same bathroom handle or even if we're trying to stay as clean as possible. So this um, option was, seemed really ideal because while we wouldn't be living together, um, obviously, it, I would still be able to see them um, as much as possible um, and, and be close to them, but also be keeping them safe. All right. Awesome. So there's a there's a Facebook page, RVs for MDs, RVs number four MDs. Just search it there on Facebook and, and we can connect that way. What part of the valley are you guys uh, living? I don't need your exact address or anything, but just kind of the area of the valley you're in and maybe one of our listeners is close by. Yeah, we are in South Salt Lake um, near Mill Creek. Okay, so pretty much anybody could get you a trailer yeah. real, quick, real easy. Okay. And the benefit, too, is a lot of the people who work for the hospital, in particular residents, um, need to live within, like, 10 to 15 to 20 minutes of the hospital. Sure. So they're going to be a large population of residents who will for sure be, you know, possibly looking for help. And not to mention all of the other, you know, nurses need this, like any other person who's staffing the hospital. Um, would benefit from this if they are working on the front line with patients. Absolutely. Uh, b- before I let you guys go, uh, I've got a, a big passion of mine is uh, helping support and talk about our military and their families and the sacrifices they provide. And a bunch of my best friends are military people, and they always like to hear the words "thank you for your service." They also like to hear us say, "We'll never forget your sacrifice." And I just want to take a moment, real quick, personally, to thank you, Mark, Emily, and Young Mark. Thank you for your service, yes, but we're never going to forget the lives that you're saving and changing and helping be healthy through this pandemic. And as the years go on, I'm sure history will smile brightly on you. And uh, God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for airing our cause as well. We appreciate it. All right, that was Austin Horton's conversation with Mark and Emily Taylor, uh, who are currently benefiting from the Facebook group RVs for MDs. Again, get on Facebook, find that group RVs for MDs. Gordon has a column in today's Salt Lake Tribune, or what, Gordon? Tomorrow, Salt Lake Tribune. It's online yeah, it's, now. It's posted. Yeah, uh, we'll get into that coming up right around the corner. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the zone. Show 97.5, 12.80 The Zone. It's a Total Request Tuesday. This one goes out to our good friend Tim Lacombe. Uh, on a Total Request Tuesday, our theme today, songs about overcoming bad situations. And uh, Gordon, I know you like this suggestion. What a, excuse me, what a great song this is. Uh, it's just one of the all-time greats in Mama. Shout out to Coach Lacombe. A uh, good friend of the station of ours, Gordon. Uh, hope you and yours are doing well out there. Thanks, as always, for uh, tuning us in. Tim, one of the good ones, that's for sure. Absolutely. All right, Gordon, you have a column up today. SLTrib.com should be in the paper tomorrow. Uh, what are you talking about? Essentially, it, uh, it uh, deals with the death of Tom Dempsey, who died uh, over the weekend from COVID-19. 73 years old, 
his um, his health had been he'd struggled with uh, dementia uh, and was in a nursing home or, or some kind of care facility like that. But I discuss watching him break the field goal. He hit the longest field goal in the history of the NFL back in 1970. And that memory is so vivid in my mind. I remember watching it on uh, this grainy TV and being fascinated by it because nobody hit 63-yard field goals back then. And back then, the the uh, goalposts were in the middle of the end zone and so that the crossbar was at the goal line. And he he hit that thing, and it just went and went and went. It was he played for the Saints that year against the Lions, and the Lions players were actually laughing on the sideline as they were lining up for the attempt because they didn't think there was any way he could do it. Tom was born with uh, without any with fingers missing fingers on his right hand and missing toes on his right foot. And so he had this special. You've seen you've seen clips of this, haven't you, Jake? Uh huh. And it it was it's for whatever reason I was at that age where it just stood out in my mind. And then to see him pass from this virus was uh, it just kind of shook me up a little bit. And so in the column I discuss how some sports events are kind of mileposts in our lives. And I, it takes me back to 1970, and I remember remember the various things that were going on that year and uh, where I was in my life at that time. And uh, that, that's sort of what sports does. It takes you back. It's like a, it's like a song almost. And if you hear a song that you haven't heard in many, many years, it takes you back to place and time where you were. And uh, so that that's what the column is about. And everybody has different things. I mean, I imagine, Austin, you probably have moments from your, especially in the younger years, because I think that's when we're most impressionable in, in this regard. But uh, but anyway, everybody has different things. Maybe for some jazz fans, it's when Stockton hit the shot against the, the Rockets. But uh, for me, Tom Dempsey hitting that uh, field goal. I wasn't even a fan of the the Lions or the Saints, but I remember it so clearly. It takes me back in time, and so to see him fall victim to this uh, to this virus uh, just brought all that back to mind. Um, first of all, Gordon, and I think this is a great topic that you bring up, and people can interact with us. But I'm going to do to you what you always do to Austin and I, uh, or Austin and me, excuse me. You said how long was that field goal? 63 yards. Oh, 63. Okay, so what yard line was the line of scrimmage? Let's see. That would be 50, what, the 37? Uh, No, I don't think so because that's not the line of scrimmage, right? That's just where the... Oh, the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so then that would be... That would be the 44, 45? <laughs> I, think, I think about there, yeah. I think about the 44. That's probably right. Hey, Siri, what line? Of, what was the line of scrimmage? No, what was the question? I don't remember. What's the line of scrimmage on that field goal? I don't have Siri. I was yeah, just right. making a joke. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we did hear Gordon Siri earlier <laughs> on in the show. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah. uh, we did. Uh, all right. Let me think here, Gordon. I don't I don't know why this is the first one that springs to my mind, and I was fairly young at the time, but I, re- I remember very vividly Whitney Houston singing the 
uh, national anthem at the Super Bowl. You remember that? <laughs> I've only seen the uh, uh, replay. Because it was during Desert Storm. Sure. And, uh, uh-huh. yeah, it was kind of this. Were the Cowboys in that Super Bowl? Who was that? Uh, well, I think it was the Cowboys and the Bills. Okay. I think. Uh, see, I remember the I remember the, the anthem the anthem more than the game itself. But uh, and that was one of the I, that was the first iconic singing of the national anthem that I remember. Right, I wasn't at Woodstock for Jimmy playing it as the sun <laughs> came up. But that's got to be like one of the most famous renditions of the national anthem ever. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, yeah, it hasn't been no topped doubt. since, right? I don't think so. So that that was kind of the standard. I don't know why that one uh, pops out of my mind so vividly, but uh, for some reason it does. What memory do you have, Austin? Oh, so many. Uh, so many memories. But I remember uh, it was an early 90s Jazz Suns playoff series, and there was a missed call uh, that went against the Jazz or would have helped the Jazz or something. And I remember I was watching the game with my dad, and I was just a little kid, but I was, you know, enjoying – playing while watching the game with my dad and I saw my dad get so upset about this missed call and he was ranting and raving and yelling at the TV and he he stopped and I and as soon as he stopped I said well well dad why don't we just call the arena and let him know that they missed the call okay, let's just <laughs> call get him, him on the horn and my dad was a referee at the time I thought they'll believe you you're a ref <laughs> you can cred? take care of this come on <laughs> you weren't living in Secaucus were you <laughs> no no we were that's not. funny that's 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 uh, probably one of my earliest memories. Yeah, that's uh, that's a member of the bedspread that they had at the time in the room. Everything. I you know remember- what's so cool. You know what's so cool about that, Austin, is that in, in the innocent, being an innocent child, you knew that your dad would would never say anything that wasn't the truth, right? Right, exactly. And yeah. so you looked at his word as ironclad, and you you just took that for granted. And you and that Bob Delaney would, was a liar. I'll tell you that you know, the, the world would take it that way too. Yeah. Huh? Yep, when, how, uh, how old were your girls, Gordon, when they realized that uh, their father didn't <laughs> always tell the truth? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, these tall man. tales we've been told all these years? No way. Not true. Not true. As I've said a thousand times, 99.9% of these stories I tell are 100% true. When did they figure out, you know what, our father isn't best friends with Juice Newton? Well, this, I mean, they, they, that is a true story. It, it actually happened. Juice was a friend of mine, and she taught me the finer points of polo have have your daughters <laughs> i know have, have, Giddy up. have your daughters ever seen the letter from casey Kasem? uh that would mean they, there is a letter that, that's exactly there, there, what i'm getting absolutely, at there absolutely is a letter i think i know where that letter is are you guys willing to bet me 500 bucks uh if i come up with that letter You'll give me five hundred bucks, and if I can't come up with it, I'll give you five hundred. What use is five hundred dollars to you? First of all, and, and times are tight, man. Yeah, yeah. Five hundred dollars between the the entirety of everyone listening right now. <laughs> Who's putting tough. up five hundred bucks right now? What a chance! <laughs> I, I think I know where it is. Uh, have they seen it? No, because I don't. I don't look. I I I, I come up. I, I tell you these stories. I relate these stories. As a part of the show, I don't go around bragging about my relationships with stars in Hollywood at home. I don't want, you know, mm. <laughs> not at all. But, man, I'll tell you, you've piqued my interest. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go find that letter. Good luck. Good luck. We're all cheering for you.
Well, two people I'm definitely going to show it to when I find it are you and you, and I'm expecting a major apology. When you say I you got and- a letter from Casey Case discussing something I had written, said I'm a fan, and I really enjoyed this. It was really, really good. When you say you and you, you're pointing to nobody and nobody because nobody's seeing that letter, right? <laughs> now you've motivated me. Good. I, I Give almost- me a little project. I'm a I'm going to find that. Fly Stallone. Yeah. I think an arena polo match in Burbank. Yep. True. And, uh, and I, uh, I'm going to rifle through a filing cabinet that I haven't opened in probably 27 years. I got to taught find. how to play polo by Juice Newton. Juice, GM here. <laughs> We stay at your beach house this weekend. <laughs> that was so. It was so weird when my wife and I went to. We stayed at Sundance one year, and we were in Juice Newton's condo, and it was so weird. I didn't even know it was hers because they were just renting it out to us for a few days. And I look up on the wall, and there's Juice and her husband. Of the, I assume they're still married. I, I have no idea. But, but my good friend Tom Goodspeed. Both of them, pictures of them on the wall, and I'm going, what a coincidence. Wait, 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 wait. If Tom was indeed your good friend, wouldn't you know his marital status? Well, not anymore. Sort of, we've gone different ways. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Just like you and Sly, gone different ways. I get it. I get it. Uh, uh, all right. We want to remind you about our good friends at Action Plumbing. Call Action for your plumbing, heating, and air and electrical needs. Call 801-833-3333 or actionplumbing.net. We'll have more. Big show straight hey, hey, ahead. Have we ever had Juice Newton as our, our as our artist of the day? Maybe we need to. Well, just call me Angel. Of the morning. Uh, Tom yeah, Hackett. She's been our choice of band today like 60 three times. I, I would guess okay. that's true. Top of the four o'clock hour. Bowler, top of the five o'clock hour. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, a little twisted sister going out to our boy Sven. Is that right? No, Ben. 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 Oh, our friend Ben. Excuse me. Misheard Austin. Sven there. was the muse earlier. That's right. That's right. So big ups to Ben. Thanks for coming in on a Total Request Tuesday. Got to admit, this is the only twisted sister song I really know, but I've always liked it. <laughs> Uh, not gonna take it. Okay, that fits. You a big Twisted Sister fan? No, but I do remember the band. Well, the lead singer, what was his name? He was more iconic than the band was. He was on. What were those? Oh, uh, oh god! Remember yeah. the VH1 uh, shows, the I Love the '80s or whatever well, that was. What is his yeah, name? It's a it's a unique name. Uh, let's see. It's not D. Snyder. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Nice, uh, Gordon. Look at you. Yeah. Little '80s pop culture pull. Remember those shows? I love the 80s. I love the 90s. Those were good. 
Yeah, kept uh, Danny Bonaducci in employment for many, many years. And then he did no, that no, crazy well, reality were... show where he was losing his mind in front of uh, the entire country. Right. Yeah. If you were going to name a band, uh, how far down the list would Twisted Sister be? What do you mean, name a band? Like my favorite band? No, if you want to name a, a, come up with a name for your band, it seems like Twisted Sister. Well, I mean, what's that referring to? I don't know. What's what's any band name referring to? Usually, it refers to something. Where did they come up with Smashing Pumpkins? I don't know. Uh, Sadie's record of the day today was Three Dog Night. What does that mean? Actually, I think I know what that means. But yeah. no, no, no. It, well, maybe I'm not sure about that. I was told what that meant once. Maybe by who? Uh, a friend of mine. I don't know. Uh, okay. Word of mouth. Is anything you can say on the air? I thought it was like uh, in the outback in Australia when it gets cold, their dogs snuggle with them at night. And when it's really cold, you, you're like, oh, last night was chilly. It was a three dog night last night. That makes sense. That's, yeah. what I, that's what I heard. That could be wrong, but that's what I heard. I've heard so other twi- things. But. You so have. Twi- yeah. So Twisted Sister? I mean... I don't know. Maybe he had a yeah. sister who, t- like, picked on him. Boy, you're twisted. I don't know, Gordon. Where, where does your mind go sometimes? I have no idea. Well, I've, I'll tell you a funny story. One time, I when I first heard about the band uh, Twisted Sister, uh, we were... Uh, that was uh, at the same time that Def Leppard was, was going, right? And uh, we were talking about bands, and those two bands came up, and uh, <laughs> somebody thought that Def Leppard was Def Lepper. <laughs> and so Twisted Sister came on, and then Def Lepper came on, and I thought, man, that's, that's not a very good combination. That would be a sorry state of the human condition to be in. Have you heard the the legend and and whether or not it's true? Uh, but have you heard the legend of how Led Zeppelin got their name? You ever heard that one? I have heard it, but I don't remember it. What was it? Uh, so Keith Moon, the drummer for the for the Who, uh, was told about the band that uh, Jimmy Page was put uh, putting together and said it would go over like a lead balloon. <laughs> <laughs> and so they liked the word Zeppelin better. So they that, but that was the inspiration led Zeppelin. Mm, well, uh, that worked out pretty well for Led Zeppelin. I yeah, right. Say. And plus, yeah. Keith Moon was pretty awesome. Pretty cool to have Keith Moon name your band, kind of right. Yeah, I mean, there's a story behind every name of a band. I think. What uh, would your band uh, name be if you were if you were putting together a band? And of course, you would be on lead vocals. I'm sure, right? Uh, what what would it be? What would it be named? I have no idea. I might need some help from our listeners on that one. Monson's Minstrel Singers. No. No, no, no. That's too much. Like Monson's Christy Minstrel Singers. Monson's Merry Band of Minstrels. <laughs> no, you can't do that. See, that doesn't work. You got to come up with something sort of quirky. Monson and the Mastodons. No. No, that, that, none of that really works. This is 1954, you know. <laughs> Come on. Mary Monson's Band of Minstrel Singers. I find it fascinating that the Beatles were the quarrymen before that. And the Beatles, uh, so that was just a, a, a switch of Beatles with the with the A because they, they keep the beat. Yeah, we got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to Tom Hackett, former Ute Herman's punter. Herman's Hermans. Uh, and uh, he currently writes for kslsports.com. We'll ask him about uh, college football, and he's gotten into some shenanigans uh, over there, there at KSL Sports to pass the time as well. We'll talk to Tom straight ahead. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.